You are now listening to the Griot's Black Podcast Network, Black Culture Amplified. Hello, I'm Ayesha Kai, host of the Griot's Writing Black Podcast. In West African tradition, to be a griot is to be a storyteller, one who carries and communicates the experiences and legacies of a people. As the Griot's lifestyle editor, I've always been fascinated by how we tell our stories. That's why we launched Writing Black, to explore the myriad ways Black writers craft stories and communicate our experiences. Thank you for joining us. Here's an excerpt from this week's guest. Hey, Kaya, how would you uh, describe your album? Man, I feel like it's a breath of fresh air. Then we got my man, Kaye. Tracks, man, man, hold on. Well, I first put the camera on this album coming producer back in 98. Southtown made it down here, boy. I knew he was destined for greatness. This is Cootie right here. He shot all the footage. The goal was to see how far his dreams would take him. But I had no idea where life would take us next. J.I.V., thank you for joining us for this first episode of Writing Black. Thank you, you for been? having me. Yeah, I'm blessed. <laughs> it's so good to be here. Feeling fantastic, you know? You know him as a poet. You know him, you know, you might know him from the Poetry Jam. You might know him from the College Dropout. You might know him from all over. You might know him as the, the Chicago chapter president of the Recording Academy. There's so many reasons to admire you, Jay. So thank you for joining us on Writing Black. I, I couldn't think of a better guest, and I was so tickled because you and I have a lot in common. So, you know, obviously we're both from Chicago. Yes, and yes. Both Chicagoans still, right? Yes. And we're both Grammy nominated, although you've outpaced me. Oh. Man. You've got like, you've got an NAACP award. You've got a Clio award. You are now uh, part of the Emmy-nominated crew of Genius so yeah. congratulations on that. Um, you. I, you know, that that's a tremendous achievement. Um, and yeah, so I couldn't, when, you know, we, we crafted this podcast really because I'm always fascinated as somebody who writes across genres myself. I'm always fascinated yeah. about the intersection of identity and craft because we know that like for us, the way that we write, the things that we write about, the ways that we use language are very specific. They're informed very differently uh, than other people. So, you know, I, I, you know, we're going to start from the beginning. Like how, what was the genesis for you of wanting to work in the, well, in the realm of words? So the genesis for me was I was really good at writing notes to girls <laughs> in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Real though. I was like. Right. I couldn't. I couldn't talk to to a girl, but well, I could write a note. You know, I could write a note. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but I didn't. Um, I didn't think that was a gift. You know, I didn't look at it as a gift. And my my junior year of high school, I went to Rich Central High School in the South Suburbs of Chicago. I went to and, HF. I know. Okay, come on, man. Come on. yeah. We used to, I used to write notes to y'all all the time. You know. <laughs> Those HF girls, good lord. We, we we work here, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So I um, I had my junior year uh, had an English teacher named Ms. Argue, and what I learned is you're not gonna argue with somebody named Ms. Argue. Uh, so she had us write a poem for homework, and I really I wasn't into poetry. 
Uh, I'm a hip hop baby. I grew up listening to all the great MCs and and I was always inspired by them, but I never looked at myself as being uh, a storyteller in that sense. So I go home, you know, just going to do my homework. I, I really want to get outside so I can go hoop. So I'm like, let me write this poem so I can go go kick it with the guys. And wrote what I thought was a silly little poem called It Once Was a Cloud. It was about the cloud, you know, the game we all play, the cloud changing forms and so I wrote this poem. The next day I go to class expecting to turn it in. And Ms. Argue makes everybody read their poem in front of the class. So I was a very shy kid. I was, I was a broken kid. Um, I lacked confidence. So speaking in front of a room full of people was the last thing I wanted to do. Mm. Uh, but I, I read through the poem, rushed through it. And after class, Ms. Argue pulls me to the side and she gives me, she gives me an A on the poem. And I wasn't getting no A's or B's, you know, some C's, you know. So she gives me an A and then she said, you have a nice speaking voice. I have a show coming up and I want you to do this show. So I'm like, nah, that's all right, you nah. So I didn't do the show. A few weeks go by, she approaches me again. She said, you know what? Last time I asked you to do a show, you faked me out. I have another show coming up. This time I'm not asking you to, uh, to, uh, to do it. You have to do it. So she makes me do this show. And my first time on stage, as nervous and terrified and scared as I was, I received a standing ovation. And inst- like instantly my life changed on that stage. And I'm like, Ms. Argy, when's the next show? When's the next show? <laughs> so it, it, uh, I fell in love with the idea of, of uh, feeling unseen, unheard, to all of a sudden you know, people see me and, and, and they, uh, they hear me. And that that energy, I just couldn't deny that that feeling, that energy. So, it really, although it started with the, with the poetry, it was the stage that really, really. I guess it was that lay with hand in hand. It was it was the poem, it was that assignment, but then it was also getting on the stage and seeing like instantly getting that reaction of the power right. of what it is. That, that validation, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I know that feeling well. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah I, I, and there, there really isn't anything like that kind of respir- that reciprocity, right? Like that you get right. in front of an audience. Um, but you know, it's so interesting that you know you saying that you didn't really consider yourself a poet. You were a hip hop baby because you know we we do know that like hip hop is poetry, right? Yeah. And um, you know, you came to. I guess massive national <laughs> attention. I mean, you know, you were known. Obviously, yeah. you know, you and I are around the same age, from the same place, so you were known, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but um, you know, obviously, college dropout, you know, mm. changed changed things for everybody, right? Changed things for you, yeah. changed things for Kanye. Um, and what what was that like? Feeling like th- that being able to merge those two worlds for yourself, I guess. I mean, I I wouldn't guess that that was the first time, but on that scale of being able to really see where your poetry fit into this other genre that you love so much? I mean, it, it was amazing. Like you said, like for, for the two to merge, um, you know, for my love of poetry and my love of hip hop, for poetry being the foundation of hip hop, the last poets are the godfathers of hip hop, Gil Scott yes. Heron. Those, yes. those are the, the forefathers of this art form that the world loves that we call hip hop. Yes. Started with poets. You know, I have a, a quote that says, poetry is the seed of every song written. You know, so uh, poetry is either spoken, poetry is sung, poetry is rap, but it's all poetry when you when you uh, when you take the delivery away. And um, 
to have that moment. I was fresh off of doing deaf poetry. I just done the first season of deaf poetry. And so I was the first black cat out of Chicago to be on the show. So I was, I was already excited and it was just this brand new season and moment in my life. And, um, I was, I was, I was looking forward to seeing where can I take my art next? You know, what can I do next? And after doing deaf poetry, I had this, uh, this young gentleman, um, my brother by the name of Cootie, who mm-hmm. just happened to be at deaf poetry when I filmed and Cootie over the, after, after doing the show, after the taping, he was like, man, you should move to New York. You should move to New York. So I moved to New York and I land right in the middle of, uh, the, the, the genius, <laughs> um, uh, I don't want to call it a storm, but it was it was just this tidal wave, this movement that was happening, and and Cootie was he was documenting this 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 journey. So when I landed in New York, I landed right in the middle of that. I think when I got there, maybe three weeks after I got there, is when Kanye signed his deal. So this is, you know, if you saw Genius, this is the time when yes. he's running around, knocking on doors, going to offices, uh, trying to get any and everybody to listen to him rap. He rapped for me a bunch of times too, <laughs> but I love his rap. I thought he was cold, you know. I'm like this dude, cold, you know. And uh, so Cootie, everybody didn't Cootie catch on was, right away. Nah, they did. They did, which I, which I didn't understand. I, I was like, y'all, y'all don't hear this dude? Like this dude is incredible. Y'all not hearing this music? You know, I, the first time, the first time I, uh, well, I met him in Chicago, but in New York was the first time I got a chance to like really hang out with him. And it's actually in the in the film. Um, yeah. In part one, you see me and Tari Ture come in. And that night, man, he rapped for, it was like maybe seven or eight of us there. He rapped like it was 70, 80,000 people in his apartment, you know, and he, and my first time like really hearing his music. And um, I mean, I heard the Go-Getters, you know, in Chicago, because I'd done shows with them. But um, like really hearing a Kanye West record, I'm, he he rapping, uh, he did two words for us. He he rapped All Falls Down. He rapped Hey Mama, uh, Jesus Walks. I'm like, this dude, like, this dude is incredible. So a few months after me being in New York, uh, this is after Kanye getting the accident and Cootie goes to L.A. and Cootie calling me every day like, man, man, Jay, you need to get to L.A., we out here kicking it. And he, then he called me the next day, man, Jay. He's like, uh, you need to get to LA. We was just at Jamie Foxx crib and, 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 and him and Kanye did this song called slow jams. And I got it all on tape, man. You need to get out here. But then, <laughs> so then the next day roll around and I'm still new to New York. So I'm still in, let me go out whenever I can mode. But I didn't have $2 to get on the train to go out. It was a Saturday night. And, um, uh, I was in between shows but I was feeling good though. I was in a great place. But uh so I was like, you know what? I got some food in the crib. Uh I'm I'm a, I'm gonna just chill out and I'm gonna write. And and that's what I did. So I'm writing this a Saturday night. I'm writing and then Cootie calls me like eleven o'clock that night. Like, man, Jay, you need to get to LA right now. He's like, Kanye got a song with him and Jay Z on it. And he want to put a poet on it. And I told him he need to put Jay Ivy on it. I'm like, man, stop playing. You know, Cause Cootie a funny dude. He did comedy and all that. And I'm like, come on, man. Yeah, stop I know. Playing. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, that ain't funny, man. He, he's like, no, nah, for real. He's like, you need to get out here tomorrow if you can. I was like, oh, you for real. So he plays a song for me over the phone. I really couldn't hear the words. So he telling me what, what Jay-Z saying in his verse. He telling me what Kanye saying in his verse. 
And then he was like, man, Jay, he was like, you need to get out of here tomorrow. I said, I'm going to find a way. So I hung the phone. My first thought was, you need to write something right now. So I turned to a blank page. I wrote the date down, wrote the title, Never Let Me Down. And I wrote the first thing that came to my mind. We all here for a reason on a particular path. You don't need a curriculum to know that you're a part of the math. And then my mind went completely blank. I'm like, oh, no, this ain't the time for writer's block. you know. So I started banging on the page. I was like, God, I need a piece right now. I was like, please give me one right now. When I put my hand back to the page, my hand started moving, moving, writing, writing, writing. I wrote a full page. I stopped. I read over it. I, I read over it like four or five times. I was like, man, it's kind of hot. You know, so I called Cootie back in 10 minutes. Like, listen to this. Get up, I get. We all here for a reason on a particular path. You don't need a curriculum to know that you are part of the math. Cats think I'm delirious, but I'm so damn serious. That's why I expose my soul to the world, the globe. I'm trying to make it better for these little boys and girls. So I, I spit the poem from over the phone. He like, oh man, oh man, that's crazy, that's crazy. So then he uh, he like, hold on, Jay. So he go in another room, music's loud, people talking. So everything goes quiet and he like, Jay, I'll put you on speakerphone. He's like, spit the poem again. So I did it like I'd done it a million times already. You know, if I'm on the highest cliff, on the highest riff, you slipped off the side, clutched onto your life and my grip, I would never, ever let you down. So I'm going, going, going. When I finished the room, he wrapped it. Everybody, oh, man, oh, man. I'm in Brooklyn, broke by myself. Like, what's good? What's happening? <laughs> so then I hear Kanye. Kanye like, man, Jay, spit it again. Did it again. Spit it again. Did it again. Spit it again. I did the joint for like a half hour, a piece of minute long. And then Cootie finally got back on the phone. He's like, Jay, guess what? I'm like, what? He's like, Kanye flying you out here tomorrow. I was like, I found my way. You know, so now <laughs> here I am in this moment. And uh, I go to L.A., call my mama, like, Ma, uh, send me a hundred bucks. So, I ain't, so I'll go to L.A. broke, you know. And uh, <laughs> I get out there and I'm here now. I'm hearing the song, you know, when I finally get to the studio and I'm in the booth. And uh, I'm hearing the song, I'm hearing Jay-Z. I'm like, this is Jay-Z. This is one of the greatest of all time. Oh, now I'm hearing the choir and the hook. Oh, now I'm hearing Kanye West. I'm like, this is incredible. And then there's a space for me. There's a space for poetry. And it was just the most surreal feeling ever. The whole the whole moment, it, it felt like I was in a movie. Like, it literally felt I like mean- it, I that whole story just gave me goosebumps. I'm just sitting there, like, and I've seen wow. genius. So, and and you know, G, you know that was that. I have to bring that up as well because you are, you know, the one of the writers on. It's you and Cootie are the writers on Genius, as far as I understand it. And you know, that's a full like what a full circle moment. Like how amazing wow. to have been there at the beginning of that arc and then be there to tell the story. There is a line in Genius. Cootie says. Home is where I learned the power of capturing timeless moments. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I look looking at genius like that is such a love letter to Chicago as much as anything yeah. else, as much as a, a biography of Kanye. To me, I was like, oh, this is this is about home. Like this, this is, you know, yeah. this is why I came back, you know, <laughs> having lived in New York. Like, you know, like it felt like a very major, major love letter to this city that um it's steeped in so much history and music and poetry and black art and 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 you know also you know comp- it, it's very complicated as we know it can get complicated yeah. <laughs> here yeah, um how would you say that 
Chicago has and continues to feed you creatively? Oh, I mean, Chicago is the root of it all. It's uh, it's my first love is in Chicago. Chicago taught me how to how to how to walk, how to talk, how to um, move through life. Um, when it comes to my creativity, it always pushed me to be to be great, like to be the best you possibly can. Because I always tell people, like, the, Chicago's the hardest place to perform. You know, they don't they they don't you know just give you uh <laughs> They don't just hand it to you. You got to earn it. Like you really, really have to earn it. So if you want to earn it, you got to dig deep. And then after you dig deep, you got to dig deeper and and find ways to 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 move the crowd. Because you know Chicago is, is a very you know blue collar town. It's it's a it's a it's a it's not an easy place. There's a lot of love, but that but that love is often interrupted by. Um, you know, just by the tragedies that that exist there, so it um it just teaches you, it molds you to to want to um, strike a chord in someone. Like if you have an opportunity to speak in front of a pe- in front of people, you have an opportunity to capture someone's attention um, and and possibly shift perspective or inspire, or motivate or just uh, put a smile on somebody's face. Let let people know they're not alone. Like, yo, I'm going through this too. And here's my poetic take on it. Like when you have that opportunity, it's it's a, it's a responsibility that, that I take on. It's a responsibility that I cherish, um, that I appreciate. And, and uh, I, I will always champion those moments for Chicago because of Chicago. Um, it's it's just everything. My grandfather would always say, like, if you can make it in Chicago, you can make it anywhere. And and I'm a strong believer in that. I've seen so many people from Chicago go other places and they shine. Like they go in New York, LA, Atlanta, Miami, wherever they go and they thrive and they shine because Chicago just it just it just brings it just brings something the best out of you, you know. And um and I, I got to shout out, shout out Cootie, because, you know, that's where we met in Chicago. He, you know, he was doing comedy and I would go to the comedy clubs to do poetry. Not only did Cootie call me about Never Let Me Down, but 20 years later, I mean, you know, of course, we still kick it and talk every day. But almost 20 years later, he called me. He was like, man, Jay, he's like, we finally, uh, we finally about to do Genius. And he was like, I want you to be the lead writer. And I was like, I was like, wow. I'm like, man, thank you. Let's go. Thank you. Let's go. Well, I can't wait to hear more. Stay tuned for more from the Writing Black Podcast. The Griot Star Stories with Tere, coming soon on the Griot's Black Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Writing Black Podcast. Genius wasn't your first documentary because you were also... um, uh, on Muhammad Ali, the people's champ, correct? Yeah. <laughs> Another yeah, Chicago-based hero, you know, he was based here, largely. Um, but uh, what was that, like, making that, was that a transition for you? Was that was that a challenge when you when you kind of got, started getting tapped to do stuff like that? No, it wasn't. Like, I've always, um, like, I feel that as, as creatives, um, as, as writers, as poets, um, I feel like our our superpower is the ability to listen. 
You know, so when I when I write, whether it's poetry or a script or uh, I've written for commercials, or, um, of course I wrote the narration and, and performed the narration for Muhammad Ali, the People's Champ. We also did Martin, the Legacy of a King. I wrote and narrated a piece with uh, with ESPN. So when, whenever I'm I'm uh, tap or tag or asked to uh, to write something or you know my own things, I'm I'm listening. I'm listening, and I'm, I'm listening to uh, I'm listening to my heart. I'm listening to the ancestors, my angels. I'm listening to what's happening in the world. I'm listening to thoughts and ideas that come to mind. And, and my job is just write it down. You know, catch, well, well to catch uh, as much of it as possible. Now, stylistically, um, like even with genius, you know, I'm like, yo, y'all want this poetic or no? And like, nah, we need to be more straightforward. This need to be um, in Cootie's voice. So that, and, and, and that was one of my main things. Like this needs to sound one. It has to be a conversation. I was like, Cootie, I was like, it has, like, we have to be authentic to your voice, you know? So if, if it's some Chicago lingo in there, if it's, um, you know, if it's if it's uh whatever whatever it is that that will come across that that is you like you just sitting down telling somebody you know like you talking to one person and you just telling them this story so we wanted to make sure that it was authentic to to Cootie's voice authentic to Chicago um, authentic to to the history and making sure that 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 uh that, that truth was there that love was there that faith was there um, and uh, so when when it when to to your question, like it's it's not hard, it's not hard. It's just for me, it's just a matter of listening, and um, and that comes with collaboration too. So mm-hmm. like when you're collaborating, okay, um, I'm I'm listening listening to your ideas, your perspective. Who you like? Okay, well this was um, you know and a lot of a lot of uh especially with genius, a lot of it was a lot of conversations. I mean, we talked a lot, and mind you, we we were working on this for um almost two years. So the editors, they started in March of 2020, right? When when things yeah. shut down, when the editors started loading in this 500 hours of footage that Cootie shot. Right. And um, so it was a year and a half that I was working on over that course of that time. It, there were a lot of conversations, a lot of reminiscing. I did have the privilege um, of being there for this movement because, you know, in the 90s, I always tell people like, you know, in the late 90s, there was a Chicago Renaissance happening. Yeah, where, you know, you yeah. Yeah, all these artists that were like, you know, we were told go to school, get a good job. And all of us was like, damn that, I got a dream. <laughs> like, Listen, I, all of, every single one of us was like, and? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I'll get that good job later. But yeah, I'm right now uh, yeah, going to exactly. chase this thing right now while this moment is hot so I can say that I did that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that. Yeah. I hear that. I hear that. Also, yeah. you know, it's so funny because I think when people think about Chicago and they think about poetry, they automatically go to that era because of Love Jones, right? Oh, yeah. Love Jones. <laughs> oh, Love Jones classic. That's Just opened classic. it all up for us over here. It really <laughs> what did. it means it to really be black and sexy in Chicago, you know, and good with your words. <laughs> it really did. That that movie that movie was huge for the culture. It was huge for mm-hmm. poetry. Like I always mm-hmm. tell people, like there may not have been a deaf poetry without Love Jones. Like Love Jones yeah. really helped knock the door down. And between Love Jones and Slam, shout out to Saul Williams, it, it really yeah. like knocked the yeah. doors down and say, okay, there's this movement happening with poetry. Let's let's do let's do this show. And and we saw the success of that. Um 
but yeah, but 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 with genius, um, I you know I had the privilege of being around for for that era of time. Then I had the, the the privilege of being around for the making of the college dropout. I'm in those sessions. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm, mm-hmm. I'm I'm watching this this uh this moment uh being created right in front of me. I'm a part of it. Yeah, you know, and um, so and then me and Cootie, like again, you know, it's my brother Chike. It's my brother. Like we uh we just had this this synergy. So again, it was a lot of conversations, reminiscing, figuring out okay. Where are we going? And my, my whole thing, too, is like when I write, I'm like, like, where are we going? Like, what's the destination? Like, I look at it like a road trip or, or not even a road trip, just a trip. Like, OK, um, I'm going to this Chicago. I'm going to Miami. So once I decide that I'm going to Miami, how am I getting there? When am I going? Who am I going with? What am I taking? Then, then, you know, you then you start coloring in, coloring in the the you know, the the uh, the lines of, and, and start painting and saying, OK, I have my destination. Now I can I can uh, uh, create or mold this journey of getting there. And then once I get there now, now what, what happens now that I'm in Miami? What, what, what's the feeling? What's you know, then I can get into all, the, all of the detail of it all. But once I know where we're going, then it's easier to get there. So with, with genius, it was like, OK, I was like, it's so important where we land. Like where, like, like we have to land this thing. This is a huge story, and yeah. like you said, like, and it's it, still it going. I mean, it's an ongoing. It's still yeah. going. Right. It's still going. It was changing while we were working on it. It was. Uh, we had like yeah. probably five different endings because it, it was always something new. Oh, now you're running for president. Oh my god. Like oh, like, we thought it was done. All right, here we go. Here we go. You know, every time we thought it was over, something else happened, and and, and it was just. It was like, okay, we gotta just stop it now. Like it was it got to the point, like, okay, we can't add no more. This is this is the end. But then like what's the message? And once we figure that out, and um, and again, faith and 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 the fact that that we all have a genius inside of us, once mm. once we realize like, okay, this is the point that we want to get across, like it's, it's not we're not saying Kanye is is a genius. Well, no, we are saying he's a genius, but Cootie's a genius, Chike's a genius. Jay Ivy's a genius. Uh, all you know, everybody's a genius. Maisha's a genius. Like we all have that genius inside of us, and it's, it's just a matter when we decide to tap into it and, and go go after it that we we discover it. You better give that master class. You better come on, Jay Ivy. Oh, come on now. <laughs> this will be me. You know, it's so wild. Like one of my one of my favorite anecdotes about you is that you were the person who gave John Stevens the name John Legend. And I'm like, you should have kept oh, that for man. yourself because really this is this is the this is that oh. kind of legend talk here, my friend, Thank that you. we are here for. And you know, you just said something about what Love Jones had done for poetry and the culture. And you know, I, I cannot also, you know, I definitely can't end this conversation without talking about the fact that you have been driving you've been continuing to drive that movement of making sure that poetry has a lane, spoken word has a lane, you know, the work that you're doing with the Grammys. I I, I may be wrong in this, but I heard that you were the person who made this first spoken word category happen. Am I wrong about this? Is that a, is that? No, you're not wrong about that. You're quite right. You know, I did not think I was. (laughs) (laughs) You're quite right. Um, I mean, it's, it's uh, I mean, it's, I'm still, I'm still blown away that it, that it happened. Um, well, real quick, 
that that uh the, the John Legend story that happened the same night as Never mm-hmm. Let Me Down. By the way, I just wanted to let you know that. <laughs> I love it. The I love same it. night you that know, I, I saw him in that, that footage, and I did wonder that. <laughs> that was that, that was the night. The same night I recorded is the, the night that I gave John Stevens the name. John it was Legend. a legendary was night. Yes. Yeah, it was a legendary night. It was. It was. <laughs> but uh, but but with the category, so um. I've been working on this for the past six years. And this year, this year I was nominated for for a Grammy. Congratulations. And yes. Thank you so much. I was I was nominated in the best spoken word category. And the, the spoken word category includes poetry, audiobooks, and storytelling. So I was nominated alongside LeVar Burton, Don Cheadle, Dave Chappelle, Mir Suleiman, Barack Obama, and myself. And um that was an amazing, amazing, amazing accomplishment. Um, something I still, I'm still tripping at it that that happened. I still can't believe it happened. But uh, well, I can, I can believe it. But it's still like, like damn, you know, it's still yes, that. Yes. You know, it's still yes. like, like wow, like. And I, you and, know, I'm uh, here to tell you firsthand. You, we are forever. You are Grammy nominated forever, forever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Somebody no said it the other day. Like, exactly. Yeah, they was like. <laughs> It was like Grammy nominee. I was like, oh yeah, that did happen, huh? Uh-huh. It's like, yeah, it happened. Like you that yeah. forever. I'm like, yeah. Like, yeah. So so I'm nominated in this category, but again, I'm I had the only like full poetry album. And but I'm up against these books and Dave Chappelle's uh um him and Amir Suleiman. Amir Amir is another incredible poet, phenomenal poet. This is my brother. So he was a part of Dave's project. And uh, but but that was like a storytelling type of um, mm-hmm. project with the poetry intertwined. So um, so pretty much we in this category and it's like app, you know you, we comparing apples and oranges. So like this year, Don right. Cheetah won. Last year, Rachel Maddox won. Year before that, Michelle Obama's book uh, Becoming won. And and that's been right. the trend like for the past couple of decades. Audiobooks have been dominating the spoken word category. So I've been at the Grammys, mm-hmm. at the Recording Academy, like, listen, y'all, like, it's amazing y'all want to award these audiobooks, but that is not the art form of spoken word. We gotta, we gotta change this. You know, we gotta, we gotta get this right because the poets, we we don't have those big machines. We don't have those big publishing companies and record labels behind us. We're, we're independent exactly. artists doing our thing, and but we keep getting swallowed up or or overlooked mm-hmm. because you have big names coming in, you know, like, so this year was the first year in the history of the Academy that you had two poets nominated at the same time. So it's, it's very rare that a poet is nominated. And, um, mm-hmm. and Maya Angelou in the history, Maya Angelou is the only poet to ever win in that category. So, I, so I went to them. So for the past six years, I've been campaigning, uh, with, with uh, not only with the recording Academy, but also with the poetry community, building relationships. Cause now, here I am on the board. Now I'm president. Now, but then after becoming president, I became trustee. So I'm no longer president. I'm. Uh, it was a two okay. year term. Okay. So now, so now I'm a national trustee. So this is. So now, uh, when 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 I did become president, I was the first poet in the history of the Recording Academy uh, to hold a president seat. There are twelve chapters, and I was the first poet to ever hold a president seat. And then, then when I became trustee, I was the first poet in the history of the academy to ever hold a trustee seat. So what that did was put a voice from our community in the room. So 
we in a room, we, we, you know, people come with different proposals and, and how we can better and change the music community. And they work, we working on this and we working on that. We working on this. And I'm like, that's great. Okay. I'm with that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hey y'all, but what about the spoken word category? <laughs> you know, we, we need to get this right because these audiobooks they, they dominating us. And then this year I wrote a proposal, wrote the, the definition for the category, um, submitted it and, we voted on it and it actually passed. So now and for the first time in the history of the Recording Academy, poets, we have our own categories called the best spoken word poetry album uh, category. So I really do. Yeah, it's, inc so like, it's incredible. Like I'm still like, like, like it's, it's, a, it's such a game changer. And yeah. it's uh, like it really uh, it, it pushes the culture forward because, I, you know, I tell people all the time, it's not about, you know, validation. But what it does is, is uh, you know, because poets, the work that we do, we, we're going to do regardless. Like, you know, right. we're going we're gonna to write, we're going to perform, we're going to heal, we're going to add perspective, we're going to change lives, save lives. We, we're going to do the work regardless. But then you have this incredible platform that will put more eyes and ears on the work that we do. So more healing would, more healing would be would be made, more love would be spread. I feel because of that. So um. I'm excited. So this year, yeah, five poets will be nominated. A poet will be bringing home a Grammy and and from here going forward. So yeah, I mean, I'm really I love, proud of I that. I love that legacy that you're building there. Um, I got to ask you, you know, obviously you're prolific. You are constantly, you know, mm -hmm. writing and creating and advocating. Who do you listen to? Who do you read? Who do you who would you you know, what's your recommended reading list? Oh, my recommended reading list. Like I, I kind of like if you had to give me like list. three to five folks <laughs> that you just love. <laughs> oh man, oh that's tough. That's tough. Like I just read like a bunch of whatever. Like you know, somebody may suggest something. Like you know, Tiny Heesey Coach. You know, I, I absolutely was just mm -hmm. enthralled by his, his uh, the way he writes. You know, it's just incredible. Um, but then there's there's books like like the Celestine Prophecy that I absolutely love and that by James Redfield and that book, it just really right. just changed right. my I mean, my it could be people you listen to too, you know, this could be, this could be, yeah, I mean, as far as, it could be yeah, I mean, I love, you know, yeah, I'm a, I'm a you know, common, my fa all-time favorite MC, him and, him and Slip oh, Rick. Our, our hometown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I may, may be a little biased, I don't know. You're but, a little uh, biased, I think you're a little biased. <laughs> Yeah, a little bias, a little bias. Um, uh, I love Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. Um, you know, the poets like Sonny Patterson and Jessica Caremore, Amir Suleiman, mm. mm -hmm. uh, Black Ice. Like, I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of my, of my uh, you know, my, my fellow poets. There's a lot of uh, a lot of folk that are doing amazing, yeah. amazing work. There was Ursula Rucker. Um just, you know, I just sit back and I listen. I'm like, man, how did you write that? You know, I'm always amazed. Like, like how did your mind even even go there and, and put that puzzle together? Like, it was just, it's incredible. So, uh, so yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of, of uh, those who inspire. I'm a big fan of those who, who shift and, and push the culture forward. Well, thank you for pushing the culture forward. And thank you for this conversation. Because, yeah. I mean, A, I could talk to you all day. Be, you know, yeah. it just like warm the whole thing. Like, you know, you, you, you took me from goosebumps to, to just warm, like, oh, 
So thank you so much, Jay Ivy. This is what we're here for. This is what it's supposed to do. We appreciate you so much. And hopefully this won't be the last time we talk to you. Oh, yeah. We got to build. We have to. I got a new I got a new album that that I would love to speak with you about. So so my current album, the one that's nominated, is called Catching Dreams. And uh, so I'm working on the follow up. And uh, I can't wait to for you to hear it and, and, and talk about that. All right. Well, again, Jay, I cannot thank you enough for um, coming in. First of all, this is just so much wisdom that you just dropped on us, like craft and and storytelling and, and this legend. Like, I mean, the story behind the story. I feel like I just taped a whole like behind the music episode. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. I cannot think of a better way to kick off this podcast. And I'm so excited to see what you do next. Um you know, your album coming up and, and all the good things you're doing with the Recording Academy. So we hope to be hearing more from you. And thank you again for being our very first guest on Writing Black. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. Thank you for doing the work that you're doing. Keep shining bright. And we and, and like you said, we're going to keep writing black. We're going to keep writing black. Yeah. That's right. Shout <laughs> out. Now, as much as I love interviewing folks, this is kind of my favorite part of the show because I get to share with you some of my favorite things. Um, Listen, when it comes to poetry, I'm a big fan of a lot of people, you know, Claudia Rankin, Alice Walker, any number of folks, Maya Angelou, like all the classics, Nikki Giovanni. But I have a special place in my heart for Hanif Abdurraqib, who I think is doing some of the most exciting, um, sensitive, intuitive work out there right now. Um, And while he's published several books of poetry that I highly recommend, I actually fell in love with this book, which is kind of a cross between essay, poetry, um, etc. This is A Little Devil in America, Notes in Praise of Black Performance. As a Black performer myself, (laughs) I guess this hits a sweet spot with me, but I highly recommend for a dose of history and just sheer brilliance. So get this, it's my favorite. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Writing Black. As always, you can find us on the Grio app or wherever you find your podcasts. The Griot Black Podcast Network is here, and it's everything you've been waiting for. News, talk, entertainment, sports, and today's issues, all from the Black perspective. Ready for real talk and Black culture amplified? Be inspired. Listen to new and established voices now on the Griot Black Podcast Network. Listen today on the Griot Mobile app and tune in everywhere great podcasts are heard.